We're going to continue in our sermon series this morning, All Up in Your Feelings. And today's message is called Past, Present, and Future. Stay present. One of the things that uh, I've been so fortunate to see in my life is elephants. Elephants in um, so many different environments. I have uh, seen elephants probably for the first time um, in the zoo. Um, and then I've seen elephants in the circus. But I've also uh, been privileged to see elephants in the wild. And once I've seen elephants in the wild, uh, I never wanted to see elephants again in the circus or in the zoo. I, I even remember going to the circus when I was a kid and, and Peter being outside with signs and basically saying this is animal slavery. This is not good. And in my mind, I was like, every year they're here. This is never going to change. Uh, but it did. One of the things that you may or may not know is that elephants have a very, very good memory. And um, they can uh, remember their friends and they can remember their enemies. They can remember uh, as they migrate where sources of food and water were in the past. And all of those things are good. An elephant remembering friends and enemies, where to find food, where to find water, those things are good. But elephants also remember their injuries. Not only do they remember their injuries, they remember those that have injured them and they hold grudges. So, so in other words, if they have an opportunity to pay you back, um, they will because they remember who hurt them. Long time ago, um, before my time, elephants uh, in the circus often uh, would be, have a kind of a, a, a shackle around one of their legs on a chain and they would have a wooden stake in the ground to hold that elephant and confine him to that place. And whenever you've seen that in movies like Dumbo or other movies or some older people that might have experienced that. I saw a couple shake their head, but I'm not going to call you out. I don't remember that part, but I know that that was done. It was always amazing that a wooden stake would restrict their freedom from them moving, when in all actuality, they could have broken that stake in the same way that we would break a toothpick. And that came from conditioning. That, that came from the fact that they had a good memory. 
that came by means of them remembering injuries. So when they were very, very young, they had a shackle around their leg, a metal shackle with a chain on it, and it would be a very large iron stake nailed into the ground. And as they tried to pull against that, it would cut um, their foot. And they would remember not to resist that stake and get so conditioned to the point that when they were five times that size and that shackle was around their foot, all you needed to do was put a wooden stake in the ground and they would be a prisoner um, to actually what they remembered. Although uh, everything had changed. In that same way, uh, us speaking about uh, the past and the present and the future, a lot of that ties into memories that we have had. And this morning we're going to be reading in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. This is a verse we all know, and it's one verse. Uh, even when uh, I went to uh, put the headset on, Victoria said, one verse? Because I usually read 10 verses, 15 verses. I said, yeah, one verse, but this verse is so important. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? I'm reading out of the CSB, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says this, and we know this verse well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passing away, and see, the new will come. No, that's not what it says. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. And see, the new has come. Thank you, Lord. Short verse that encompasses so much. It is the dividing line for the believer. It is acknowledging that we were once in darkness, could not find our way out, but you rescued us and you transferred us into the kingdom of your son that you love. That was the dividing line for each and every one of us. So in what that verse says, all things are new. The old is gone. Do a work in each one of us as we contemplate that truth that we should very much not only recognize in our heads, but be living out every day because it's so fortified in our heart. Would you make us aware 
of this beautiful position that we have in the newness in life that you have given us and the price that you paid for it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He, he has been, when we think about that in respect to form, uh, he was recently made. He is he's fresh. He is different. And in respect to substance, it's a, a new kind. It, it's not what it was before. It's unprecedented. It's unheard of. That old thing that was there. That was conditioned. They have, they have passed away. They're perished. They're dead. That person has moved forward. It's to be carried past uh, the word that's used there in the Greek. And the only way we could be carried past, just as we prayed, it is through what Christ has done. When, when we were rescued, there was no saving of ourselves. No, we were rescued about God, from God. And, and the question is, what is new? Everything. Every single thing is new. What you depended on before, you don't depend on anymore. Now you depend on Almighty God. Before we depended on ourselves, our circumstances, our resources, but now everything is new. So we depend on God. We know the scripture that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That only comes about. When we recognize all things for the believer are new. Not only those kind of things, but our thoughts and our attitudes have been cleansed. You know, um, I, I don't ponder the same thoughts that I used to ponder. Uh, the schemes that I had in my mind, the plans that I had, thoughts that consume me, dirty thoughts. It's not that they don't try to creep in once in a while, but we can immediately now fight against those things. And matter of fact, when we do consider those things for too long, because it sometimes happens, when we come back to our senses after contemplating those things for a period of time, we're like, oh. God, forgive me, help me, because we are changed. Ephesians 4.22 says, take off your former ways of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. We considered all of those things because our desires were corrupted. That's what sin has done. It's corrupted our desires. But now that we are new, our desires are for him. 
that text continues to say, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, we think differently. And to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of the truth. Catch this part, though. It says, and to put on the new self. That's active. That means that's your part. It, it would be like you have a coat. It's cold outside. Are you going to put on the coat or not? The difference before we were new is you had no coat. The weather changed, you were going to be cold. But now you have access to a coat. So we put it on when it's cold. In that same way, it says to put on the new self. We, we know that that is a choice because sometimes we put on the new self. Often it is our wear. It's what we continually have on. But other times we choose not to have it on or we take it off. So we know that that becomes a choice for the one that does not believe, the one that does not have the grace of God, they don't have that choice. But we do. Everything has changed. Where you draw your strength from is new. What your purpose in life is, is new. Everything has changed. Further down in that same verse, uh, same chapter in Ephesians 4, because everything has changed, it says, let the thief no longer steal, but instead do work with his own hands. But it doesn't stop there. It says also, so that when others are in need, you can give. That is a complete turnaround. Not only let the thief no longer steal. Stop taking what does not belong to you. But work. Not only so you don't have to steal. Not only so you're not offending other people. And not only so that you can provide your own needs. But so you're in the position to help others that are in need. That is the new life. But we have to consider the past. We have to consider the past because it creeps up in our lives all the time. Okay, I accept all things are new. The old has passed away. But it's not erased. So as we consider the past, what is it? It is accumulation of our experiences, right? That's what the past is. Accumulation of all things that we've experienced. 
If we were to define it, it is gone by in time, and it no longer exists. It's over. The thing is, it's, it's not over in our minds, and it's not even over in our circumstances often. We have memories and we have conditions that we live under due to our past. And some of those things are good and some of those things are not so good. So even when we considered the memory of an elephant, some of those things because she remembered, I can find food. I know who my friend is. I know who my enemy is. But also, when we consider the elephant that's being hold, held by a wooden peg, we recognize that memories can also damage our present condition. So we have to consider these things. I was reading an article and, and I pulled out part of it, and it says that memory is a tricky thing. Our past, present, and future are intimately linked by our memories. But catch this part. The brain is not true, the brain is not true recording device that can recall any moment in time and accurately depict what happened. You, you got to catch that because what happens is we have these memories, but it's not a perfect recording device. It's kind of like how we analyze that situation. Not only that, even when we replay those things over and over again, it changes. That same event does not stay the same as when it first happened, and even your uh, way of viewing what took place and what you consider as you replay that memory in your mind. That's something good to have uh, uh, understanding about. It says, our minds play tricks on us. Memories are heavily influenced and based on feelings we had surrounding the event or experience. Most people can remember at least some painful experiences in their lives. Likely, the experiences that you've had when you were a child are drastically impacting your life right now. Even the ones that might seem irrelevant or insignificant. If we don't become more aware of the connection between our past to the present, then it will keep affecting our futures. The thing is, that's fine and that's true, but for the believer, what we just read is, all things are new. What we just read is, the past, those old things, they're gone. 
So there is a dividing line for the believer as we encounter Christ who makes all things new. Let's survey for a couple of minutes on the life of Abraham in light of the past, present, and the future. We'll start in Genesis 12 and verse 1. The text reads, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, your father's house, to the land I will show you. Leave everything you know behind. What is he saying here? He's saying, leave everything behind. That is your past. He's also telling Abram, walk presently with me. And if you do that, I will bless your future. God is saying the same thing to you and I. That there, because you are new and those old things are gone, that is now your past. Walk presently with me, and I will bless your future. That is for every believer. The text continues. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Just like the text we read, when everything changed for the thief, that he would no longer steal, that he would work with his own hands, but he would then help others in need. This text is saying, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. That's where motivation comes in. That's where the sign of the true, mature believer is distinguished. We all want blessings to do what with them? So even believers don't always have that right. We are blessed to be a blessing. There is nothing here that you can acquire that you think is going to bless you and satisfy. Every single blessing you have is to be used as a blessing. That's what Abram is being told here by God. So I wanted to have it straight in our minds. Now that was your past. Presently walk with me. I will bless your future. Because we have to consider what that means. That doesn't mean, oh, Lamborghini, house by the ocean, uh, 15,000 square feet. That's what I want. And then I'll start blessing others. I'll have a room set aside for when the pastor come by, or a missionary. That's not what that's talking about. 
I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Don't tell me you're too old to change. He called him out of the place that he knew, the family that he had, the things that he understood to go to a place he knew nothing about, but the promise of God. And God said to him, walk with me and see what I do. And that's for you and I as well. But the part where it says, so Abram went. He had to leave something. He left behind all that he knew. He left his past behind for what it was going to be to walk in the presence of God and what that was going to look like for his future. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. God separated Abram from his past. God has separated us from our past. And he has created something new. Years later, Genesis 17, starting in verse 1, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him, saying, I am God Almighty. Live in my presence, and be blameless, I will set up my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell down, fell face down, and God spoke to him, as for me, here is my covenant with you. You will become a father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I will make you the father of many nations. The, the key here is God said to Abram, live in my presence and be blameless. If I've jumped around in this story because we're doing an overview survey of what is going on here, but it says when Abram left his homeland and his family, he started to make his way to where God was sending him in stages. We never just arrive someplace. There are no shortcuts. There is a walking in the presence of God and being satisfied as we walk in that 
presence to be with God and in his will. Abraham was not going to be satisfied when he got over there. No, God called him out of his condition and told him, walk in my presence. And it went in stages, and it took years. And yes, God brought him to a certain place at a certain point in his life, as he's doing with you and I. But along the way, in that journey, we must have a confidence, a satisfaction, a contentment to walk with the Lord. Because that's what it's all about anyway. It is being in the presence of the Lord and walking day by day with him. We can't allow our past to rob us of our presence, our presence with God and what God has for us for today. Contrast Abraham's life with the life of Lot's wife. Angels come into Sodom and Gomorrah, they go to Lot, they let Lot know judgment is coming on this place, you got to get out of here. By the next day, once Lot speaks to his son-in-laws, they thought he was joking, all kind of things take place, judgment is coming. And they tell Lot and his wife with his two daughters, Run for your life. Get out of this place. Judgment is coming. Genesis 19, starting at verse 15, says, At daybreak, the angels urged Lot on, Get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he hesitated because the but because of the Lord's compassion for him, the men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and the hand of his two daughters, and they brought him out and left him outside of the city. As soon as the angels got them outside, one of them said, run for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere on the plain. Run to the mountains or you will be swept away. The crazy part of the story, and we don't have time to kind of go into the whole thing, Lot didn't even want to do that. He starts to kind of like bargain. And he, they allow him to go to another place. But jumping down to verse 23, it says, The sun had risen over the land when Lot reached Zoar. Then out of the sky the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, burning sulfur from the Lord. He demolished these cities, the entire plains, all the inhabitants of the city, and whatever grew on the ground. But Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. 
you stay focused on your rearview mirror, you won't be able to move forward. There's uh, uh, lessons that we learned from the past, but we don't live there. Lot's wife was consumed with the past. That's the only reason she would look back when told not to look back. Abraham did not look back but moved forward. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see, the new has come. As we go through the Bible, one of the things that we see is God gives new names. Abram became Abraham. Sarai became Sarah. Jacob became Israel. We have new names. We have a new identity. We need to remind ourselves of who we are. We need to say to ourselves, I am saved. I am complete. I am forgiven. I am a new creation. I am a child of God. I am redeemed. I am light. I am justified. I am more than a conqueror. I am God's temple. I am called. I am created for good works. And all of this, because like the text says, I am in Christ. He is the great I am. Because I am in Christ and because he is the great I am, we can say these things. That is our name. That is our identity. When we think about the future, how do you view tomorrow? Some people view tomorrow as if they are sitting in a cell and there has been deliberation and the sentence is coming down the next day. And some people view tomorrow like tomorrow's my birthday. I am not big on being celebrated, but when it's my birthday, I prep people beforehand. You're not going to say, I didn't know. I start throwing hints out there. I think about in my mind what people's economic status is. So I could ask Gloria for one level of gift, my son for another level of gift. 
but it is a day of great anticipation to celebrate the goodness of God and his faithfulness and just the fact that life is good. For the believer, it is only the things that are in our past that we are not letting go that we come to a place where we're thinking, tomorrow the sentence is coming down. Those jurors were sitting there looking at me, and I got a feeling it's going to go the wrong way. Not for the people of God. Not from what we just read about who the believer is. You can come up, worship team. I heard a quote, and it says, we know the kingdom of grace has been set up in our hearts by the changing wrought in the soul. There is a new nature, light in the mind. Our old nature is gone. Our minds were dark. And now there is light, even order in the afflictions. In other words, before we were in Christ and things happened, our mindset was either poor me, I don't deserve this, or it's my just penalty for what I did. But order in the afflictions means even with what I'm going through, because of my position, because of what God has already done, because of who I am in him, I can even have joy and peace as I go through the trial, knowing that he's using it to make me look more like him. It says that the new creation is, has a pliable will. We don't just walk out and do whatever we want to do. We want our will to be in line with God's will. The new creation has a tender conscience. We are aware of not only what we do, but our attitudes and our thoughts. And we want to submit them to God's word and to the Holy Spirit. And the reality is, if there is no change of heart, then there is no sign of grace. God's children desire one thing. They desire God. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, do, you not remember the past, do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I am about to do something new. Even now it's coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. 
Revelation 21.5 says, Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Write, because these words are faithful and true. In other words, I said it, and it will come to pass. Isaiah 65, 17 says, For I will create new heavens and a new earth. The past events will no longer be remembered or come to mind. In Ephesians 4.24 says, And put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of all truth. Christ makes all things new. His new covenant in his blood changed everything. If you are in Christ, you belong to him. You've been saved by him. You have the power of Christ. You are united with Christ. We have to live presently knowing this. This is not about what's going to happen over there. It's about here. It's about now. This is about today. You are a new creation. You have been transformed. Everything is new. That was the dividing line. Just like what we saying what the enemy planned for evil God planned it for our good don't be that elephant with a wooden peg stuck in the ground because of your past hurts because God even has a sorrow for those things he makes all things new you need to walk in that. Would you stand, family? Imagine for a moment the pain Joseph went through when his family did what they did to him. And when their father died and they stood in his presence, scared, wondering what he was going to do. He had the power to kill every single one of them. And in many ways, we could say he would have been justified if he would have held on to those 13 years of abuse that he went through. But he recognized Everything that I went through, even though you planned it for evil, God planned it for good. If he would have taken revenge on them, the remnant of God that he called to that 
place to make himself a people would have been disrupted. But nothing can disrupt God's plan. How we view our past affects our present and it will affect our future. It is only the enemy that wants to keep you chained to your past so you are paralyzed today. We're not going to let that happen. We speak truth to lies. We shed light and darkness, so that we will be victorious and blessed and a blessing in all God has for his people. That's us. Let's pray. Father, we so thank you. We all have pain in our past. We all have scars, some of us open wounds. But you are the great physician. You are the one that heals. You are the one that takes those evil plans, those things that were done against us, that those very things you planned for our good. Let us walk so faithfully in your presence, recognizing you are here. You are not a God that's afar off. Let us celebrate that like the song we sang. Because of your goodness, Lord. And what we can say about our passage, you brought us through because we stand here today. What we can say about our past is that the future is going to be even better than we can even fathom in our finite minds. Not because we want to think that, it's because you said it and we believe it. Help us to walk in it, but not even be consumed with the over there that we would have a, such a joy in the right here, in the right now, in your presence, oh God. Somebody in here needs freedom, Lord. Pray that you grant it. Your word says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Grant freedom, Lord, the captive that needs freedom in their mind. For the one that you touched their heart this day opened up their eyes for the first time 
that they too can be a new creation in you. The old things are gone. They're dead. They're behind. They're the past. Rescue them, Lord. Help them to sing for joy the same way we did this morning, Lord. Surround them, Lord, with your people. Fill them, Lord, with your spirit. Speak to them, Lord, in the depths of their heart. Give them the confidence to know that everything has changed. And that you will never leave them nor forsake them. We thank you that each one, each blood-bought believer that have repented of their sins could look to your cross and say, thank you for freedom. Thank you for a future and a hope. Thank you for where I, where I presently stand. And even thank you for all that I've been through in my past. The end of it all, thank you, God, for being God. For showering us with your grace and your mercy. We submit ourselves into your care, being grateful for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.